Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corbin Hiller. And we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, I guess, the overall starting pitchers market. Steve Strasburg this weekend uh, has officially opted out of his contract. He becomes a free agent. Garrett Cole, also a free agent. So we'll have um, a very interesting uh starting pitcher market this this upcoming uh off season so we'll talk a little bit about that and um we also have the gold glove winners so we'll be discussing a little bit about that yeah what do you want to start with let's start with steven strasberg because i think this is going to be fascinating so i just want to say before we dive into these two because we're going to talk about strasberg and cole uh, I think there's a very high chance he goes back to the Nationals, and there's absolutely no chance in hell that Garrett Cole goes back to the Astros. I, I'm actually doubtful he goes back to the Nationals. Really? I I just don't think the Nationals can afford it. I think they'd try. I'm not saying they're going to pull... Uh, uh, what, what was it that happened? Um, like a Bryce Harper deal where they're going to lowball him and say that they gave him a serious contract offer, even though everyone knew that it wasn't. I think with what Strasburg is and what the Nationals have their identity as for their team, I think they'd value bringing back that player in Steven Strasburg who has you know been so good for them in a way that Bryce Harper kind of wasn't. And I think they'd be more serious at least with trying to bring him back over how they dealt with Harper. Uh, actually, so I just looked it up, and they have a lot less payroll than I thought, so maybe they will bring him back? What's their payroll? I, I'm I'm almost surprised at how low this number is. No, I'll, I'll scratch that. I'm very surprised at how low this number is. Right, what do you think it is? I, no, I'll tell I, you. What I, do you think it is? I don't even have a starting point for what this could possibly be. Throw, throw a number out there. Uh, $171 million. I don't little, know what a, a basis little, for this is. So. A little under 110 <laughs> Really? What is like really? the average? Little... Or like, not average, but like what's... What are the Yankees? Uh, well, the I mean, they're Yankees... kind of low this... Yeah, the Yankees this year came in a little bit lower. They came in about, I think, in 2019, they started the year with like 196 okay. million. I think the Red Sox were the I know I know the Red Sox were the highest. I think they were around 250. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot. Uh, I because I think the Dodgers were second at like 212, and oh, then and then it was was the Yankees at 190 it was something like that like it was a pretty sharp drop off between between those uh those organizations but 110 million is like not not a ton it, it's a lot but it's not it's not like so that much so for 2019 this past season the Red Sox were at the top with uh 229 the Yankees were uh, pretty much tied with Chicago at uh 218 uh, the Dodgers were fourth with 200, and then the Nationals were eighth with a 168. Yeah, I see going, it now. Going into 2020, uh, wow, Boston is still fucked at 225. Uh, Yankees, just for reference, are at 201. And then the Nationals are down at 14 with the 110, essentially. So they have plenty it, of room to fill out that cap roll, cap it, it, number. It it makes sense since twenty five million just came off because um, uh, Strasburg had four years, a hundred million dollars left, so twenty five million dollars a year. So they would have been at, including Strasburg, um, about a hundred thirty five million, which is higher. That would put them uh, at eleventh, just above the Giants. Um, uh, Rendon wasn't an opt out. He's just his contract just expired. Although they already offered him a new one. We could talk about that in a second. Um, yeah. That, wow, Max Scherzer makes a is, lot of money. 
Yeah, he does. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. <laughs> he makes he makes so much money. So right like, now, the the um, making one point six million essentially less than Mike Trout sounds like a lot less, but he, God, they make so much money, and Mike Trout is so underpaid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he is. So I'm looking at the uh, just real quick. I I, I want to I want to talk. I, Really want to talk about this free market. I'm so excited by it. Um, the starting pitchers that I see on the market: uh, Steven Strasburg now, uh, Felix Hernandez, which I think we all know that's not going to happen. No. Um, Cole Hamels, Dallas no. Eichel, really? Okay. Maybe. Well, yeah, he only been... signed the the one year deal for the rest of this year. I thought it was. I don't know why I had. A, a that was three, uh, no. He was, was asking Kimbrough. for a three year deal. Yeah, oh, Kimbrough got okay. the three-year deal. Yeah. Rick Purcello, uh, Hunjin Roo, Meh. Rich Hill, Garrett Cole. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with Rich Hill. I honestly... He's 40. Yeah, like that's... He's still a good pitcher when he's healthy, but he's so never healthy, and man, it's just... He's 40. Yeah. A lot of these guys are not just super enticing free agents... Like a lot of them are decent, are. like one-year candidates. Like I could yeah. see, um, like like a Padres type of team taking a one-year risk. That's what they did with Garrett Richards, essentially. Brett Richards, you know. Yeah, I could see that. Like, uh, Keuchel probably won't sign a one-year deal again, but that's probably what would be best for the teams looking at him. Um, you know, like Josh Donaldson will probably sign a, a smaller multi-year deal. J.D. Martinez is going to sign a, a much longer deal. Like well, J.D. Martinez is not technically a free agent yet. He's He has not yet exercised his uh, opt-out clause. Right, right, right. That's why he's uh, he's in green. Green's for the player option. Right. Uh, anyway, I mean, let me just read out a, a few more of these starting pitchers uh, real quick because mm -hmm. they, they, they are pretty interesting. Okay. Tanner Roark, Alex Wood, Jake Odorick. Uh, Ivan Nova. Do we have any more good ones? Kyle Gibson. Wow, Minnesota's so fucked. Um, <laughs> CC Sabath is retired. So he doesn't count. Jason Jason Vargas and Andrew Kashner. Um, wow, there's a lot. Madison Bumgarner. Mad Bum. Drew Smiley. Derek Holland. How is this right? Like, how is this? Uh, Zach Wheeler. Is that by oh, 2019 salary? How is this like sorted? I have no idea. I think it, it looks like it's sorted by case. 2019 salary. Yeah, but it's not. No, it isn't because Cole Hamill's made 20 and yeah. Donaldson made 23. I have no idea. Uh, but re regardless, like this is an amazing, if you're a team, I could say, an amazing uh, pitcher free agency class. Yeah. I mean, this could. That's what I'm trying to get at with this Strasburg opt-out because on the one hand, he could make so much fucking money because he's coming off of a historic World Series run where he won World Series MVP. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the other hand, he's going to have to battle for money with possible Cy Young winner Hunjin Roo, possible Cy Young winner um, Garrett Cole, and then like a bunch of really talented dudes who would be significantly cheaper in... Uh, say Alex Wood, ten, who had is historically a good pitcher, but was hurt last season. Tanner Roark, who is a fine pitcher. Jake Odorizzi, who had a career year last year. Year. Um, Ivan Nova, who's okay. Kyle Gibson, who's like okay. Like there, Madison Bumgarner, who is technically on the decline, but still a very decent pitcher. Mm -hmm. Like this is a really fascinating class. So. so do you all right? Hold on. So he had four years, a hundred million dollars left on his contract. What what deal to you makes it worth it? Oh, uh, for Strasburg? Yeah. Um I think his average is gonna be like 30. I wanna say it's gonna be like a five year deal with like a 34 average 35 maybe 
It's not a bad guess. That's actually that's actually rather reasonable. Right? Like um it's going to be high because of the season he's coming off of, but at the same time being 31. I don't know. Like I I just I'm not experienced enough with MLB contracts to really know what the market rate is going to be for these guys in the future. Like I could easily see someone signing him to a ridiculous contract that's way too long for his age or overpaying him because of, you know, what he's come off of this past season. And then I could also see, you know, him kind of get shut out because he thinks he's worth a lot more than teams are willing to invest in a 31-year-old pitcher. Granted, he's, you know, still a top 10, top 5 pitcher in MLB. I don't know. I really I can't say with any confidence. Yeah, I I want to say he's going to get a 7 year I think he's going to get a 7 year deal only because I think I know Garrett Cole is going to get one. And I think whatever team doesn't get Garrett Cole will give that contract to Steven Strasburg. Like I I I think Strasburg um Cole's going to sign first. I think so too. Ooh, I do you think we'll end up sign you- very quickly? Do you think we're going to end up with a similar thing that happened last season where Machado and Harper kept waiting for the other one to sign? Because, um, I mean, if, if there, hmm. there was a pitcher comp for what happened last year, it's these two. this is kind of it. Yeah. I don't, mostly because of the shit that went down last year. I feel like they're just not going to risk being the next Dallas Keuchel or Rick, not Rick Bursello, uh Craig Kimbrell. So I think they are going to sign. I, for some reason, think Garrett Cole is going to sign super fast right out of the gate. Um, I, I kind of get the same vibe. Teams do not want to miss out. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask, who do you think gets the higher AAV, Strasburg or Cole? I think Cole is going to end up with more years and more AAV, or at least e- equivalent years, uh, mm-hmm. but more AAV. I could see him wanting to sign a shorter one just so that he could get more money out of it um, in I, the long run. No, what you would what you would do is you would you would take the seven year contract, but you'd put in player options. Okay, that's fair. Like what like what Martinez did, because then if you have a down season in your opt out year, it's like whatever. I'm just not going to opt yeah. out. But if you have a down season in your walk year, then it's like fuck, god damn it. Like what just happened to Dylan Batances, even though he didn't have a contract with an opt-out but he did have a bad year well he had an injured year in his opt-out year or in his um in his walk year so it's like shit what now you know um mm-hmm. yeah I mean, this is just going to be so interesting because this is really going to i think add to the decrease level of parity that we've already seen in this past off season because or in, in this past season because this is just going to help the good teams get even better you know, like the Yankees will have the opportunity to put together an actual rotation of dudes who can pitch the whole season instead of having to deal with bullpen games. Even the Rays could end up cleaning up here a little bit by signing a few more free agent pitchers to probably relatively decent deals because, you know, if they have innings eaters, like dudes who will, who will be okay, I mean, not that their pitching was bad last year. The pitching was very good last year, but they could have the ability to have more reliable dudes, especially with uh, or more uh, uh, long length guys especially with the upcoming implementation of the three batter minimum rule like we could see a lot shifting around here i'm wondering you know I, I'm, I'm also wondering how many um one-year deals we're going to get yeah uh man i feel for like the older guys i feel like the rich hill are going to sign like a one year deal just because nobody's going to want to invest in a, you know, 36, 40 year old starting pitcher. Um, again, I'm pulling that out of my ass, but I wouldn't want to sign them for anything longer than a year at that. Um, maybe some of the younger guys like Alex Wood might sign one because he kind of had an off year, didn't really stay healthy the full year. And I don't know if Cincinnati would really want to bring him back. I don't know. I really wish I knew more about this market so I could put some more insight other than like as someone who doesn't know baseball in like insider baseball, I'm just going to treat this like football and see what happens. I like think it's cr- it, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
just coming from like the football side of things, seeing like 31, 32, 33-year-olds be like the prize stars of free agency is like crazy to me. Cause yeah, I've been watching football for so long. After you turn 30, you're almost like, you know, a broken good. Like nobody wants to invest in anyone over 30 anymore, unless you're a quarterback. And even then it's kind of like, eh, you know, eh. It's just weird that this is the prime for pitchers. Um, just to touch on Alex Wood, uh, I think Cincinnati clearly wanted to do with him what they did with Yasiel Puig, where he was in his walk year, um, let him play until a team needs him, and then trade him away at the deadline for good prospects. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to do that, and then Alex Wood got hurt, and they couldn't do that. So that's I'm I'm very interested in where he goes because when he's healthy, he's a very good pitcher uh and you could probably get him uh quote unquote on the cheap right now so but i'm also just fascinated because i didn't realize minnesota was going to be um putting both jake odorizzi and kyle gibson and i know gibson got transferred to the bullpen this season because he was struggling a bit um but he was still like like he was their opening day starter two years ago oh and michael pineda yeah, and Michael Pineda's on the free agency market too. Oh, wow. So in one season, Minnesota's losing um Kyle Gibson, Jake Odorizzi, and Michael Pineda. In theory, three of their five to seven starters. That's nuts. Oh man. That, like so Minnesota's going to be active in um in yeah, this free in this pitching free agency market. The, they have their to their current starting rotation is Jose Barrios and Michael Perez. Martin Perez. Sorry. Yeah, that's the only two guys they have on their roster right now that are starting pitchers. And I don't <laughs> think they have any major uh, prospects ready to come up to start next season. Um, they 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 have great start, start um Dobnak um in in the playoffs, and I think he was starting in spots for them down the stretch last year. They have Bruce are great. Great, great role. I have no idea how to pronounce his last name, but I know he's a up and coming prospect that'll probably start the season with them. But other than that, no idea. You know what Alex Wood would be a good fit for Minnesota. He'll pro- yeah. probably be pretty cheap. Re- again, relatively speaking to the other free agent pitchers who are going to get signed, he's still got something to prove. He could take a one year deal. He could. He'd probably be thrilled with three right now. Uh, I I could totally see that. Man, they have some great prospects that just. You know, I don't know if they're going to move any of them for starting pitching, but they definitely have the ammunition to do it. You think, um, all right, Cole Hamels, he's 36. He still had a pretty decent season as far as I can recall from last year. I'm going to pull up his numbers while I'm talking just to to, to see. If you, but in, in my mind's eye, <laughs> he, had a, he had a good season last year. Um, but I assume that at the age of 36, He's going to be signing a one-year contract, right? I'm sorry. Assuming that at um that that at the age of thirty-six, Cole Hamels will probably be signing a one-year a one-year yeah. contract. Where do you think he does that? Uh, did you say where or if he does that? Where? Where? Cole Hamels? Uh, fuck if I know. He's one of those guys that he could sign anywhere, and nobody's really going to second guess it. About San Diego, young team. Why not? Young pitching staff could use a veteran presence, a dude who's good. He could be like your, uh, you know, number three starter behind uh, Paddock and Lucchese. I'm all about it. Uh, who was rumored to be talking to Cole or talking to the Padres, uh, one of these free agent players? I think it was Cole. I think I it was the Padres that were going after Cole. Yeah. Um, I think. I heard the Angels were already talking to Cole. I haven't heard anything about the Padres yet, though. Hmm. I mean, Real it's quick, not too uh, important because we're so early into the. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing's going to happen for, for a bit. Um, uh, Cole Hamels had a three point one ERA in one hundred and forty one point two innings last pretty season, good. which is pretty cool. One hundred forty three strikeouts is fine. Uh, a FIP of four point oh nine, which is like a little bit high, but like nothing crazy. Uh, 1.4 whip is a little bit high, but nothing crazy. Yeah, he he, he seems 
like one year deal prime candidate. I'm I'm so fucking excited for this for this starting pitcher free agency market. So yeah, it's it's gonna be one of those things that's either gonna be way more exciting than it should be, or it's gonna be so disappointing it sucks. It just brings all the fun out of free agency this year. I last year's problem was that you know Machado and and Harper kept waiting each other out, so teams kept waiting to sign other free agents because they weren't sure if they're going to get those two dudes. But there's so many viable starting pitchers on the market this year that like I have to imagine it's going to be more exciting because teams still need start. Every single team in baseball needs starting pitching. Every single team. Yeah, you know what? I also just realized next next year, I believe. Next year, the Astros are also losing Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke. That's really funny. Is this the end of their dynasty? That's what I was, well, was going to lead in with. So first off, like at the end of next year, then they'll have no Garrett Cole, no Charlie Morton, no Justin Verlander, no Zach Greinke, unless they want to extend those guys, which seems like a horrible idea. They're not old, but by the end of next year, they'll both be. I think they'll both be thirty-seven, if not thirty-eight. Um, maybe, maybe 30, I think let's say 37, uh, and they'll have Lance McCullers and Brad Peacock and Josh, like, like the, I guess some of the bullpen guys might be starters. Maybe they'll make some more trades in there, but I mean, those, the guys we're talking about that they don't have anymore. were kind of like, like the core of that, uh, the world series run last year or two years ago. And then this year, and I'm not sure I'm willing to call two appearances and one win in three years a dynasty you um maybe if they won this year and you know they win next year they win three out of four you could call that a four or five year dynasty sure but if they end up winning one title out of this and just have a really great team throughout the regular season no it's not a dynasty I think a dynasty is four to five years at the absolute minimum of being at the absolute top. So like Alabama has been a dynasty for the past 10 years. Granted, that's, you know, that's an easy example, but I don't think winning one title, maybe two in four years is really a dynasty. I feel like a just to relate it back to football, I feel like the Seahawks quote unquote dynasty that everyone talks about is like that moral gray area where it teeters on the edge of both. Um, I, I think there can be exceptions. I think, I think you're, 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 you're pretty much right. Like Atlanta for the Braves. I think, I think even though they only won one world series, uh, they won the world, they won their division. 14 years straight 15 years straight like a million years straight like they won the division just taught they were in the playoffs it guaranteed lock every single year for a ridiculous stretch of time um they obviously struggled in the playoffs they won one world series i forget against whom and then i know they lost to the yankees in another world series as those two dynasties clashed, but I'm I'm willing to call that team, even though they only won one pennant, a dynasty. Uh, but the Astros, uh, you know, they're there right now. <laughs> but if their starting pitchers all go and then they start to struggle, uh, they they haven't done much. They won one World Series in seven games. Then they got bounced in the ALCS net the following year, and then they lost another World Series in seven games. And I'm just not sure how to dynasty make, you know? I'm not sure how time's going to look back upon them. I mean, we could easily look back on this in two years after the Astros go back to two more World Series and win or lose in however many games. It doesn't matter at that point and say, shit, they've been to this many World Series and, you know, this consecutive amount of time okay that's probably a dynasty a short dynasty but still they did something you know very significant and were far and away the best team during that time 
okay, we could have that conversation now. But as is, I just don't know how you could have that conversation. Yeah, I, I think the the next two seasons are going to be really pivotal, piv, uh, pivotal for how you look, how we're going to eventually look back upon the Astros. Because um, at their peak, they're the best team in all of baseball. Uh, but, you know, their World Series win is notable, but I think it's also more notable for how poor the Dodgers tended to play in, in the postseason during the Kershaw run, and that's going to be more of the story than the Astros' success. And, you know, the story for this year isn't how great the Astros are. It's how D.C. Uh, baseball won their first World Series since 19. 19- 48 in the Negro Leagues, 1924 in the in the uh, MLB. So their accomplishments and failures haven't even been the most impressive parts of what's happened with them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. The next two seasons will, will tell a lot. Um, are you ready to talk about gold gloves? Yeah. All right. For the American League, the first base winner... Of the gold glove is Oakland Athletics' Matt Olson. Runners-up, Yuli Gurriel and Justin Smoke. Um, yeah. What, do you have any impressions on it? Uh, I'm glad it went to Olsen. Uh, I agreed with their decision. Um, him and Chapman on the hot corners there, or on the two corners there, are just, it's absolutely filthy how good they are. Um, it's good to see him win it again. He, he led all first basemen in uh drs defensive runs saved um he's 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 a really good first baseman i don't i don't have any problems with this either uh was he an I'm all-star surprised this year? smoke is, is was huh? was he a, an all-star this year Ooh, i want to say he was because he was hurt to start the season i don't know if he made the all-star game uh with you know enough done before once he got back from injury i guess and i no, could he easily for sure look had like myself. the best season of his career i'm pulling up his page right right now um no he was not okay not an all-star oh well he will be next year bet on it yeah if he can stay healthy dude dude's a dude's a fucking rock star hey now um i am surprised smokes on this list as a runner-up i know he's nominated but uh i've never got the impression he's good at his position but oh well uh the next National League winner was Anthony Rizzo. Runners-up, Christian Walker and Paul Goldschmidt. Um, Rizzo had only five errors. He recorded three DRS, defensive run saved, and was one of three MLB first basemen with 30-plus scoops, which I did not realize was a recorded stat. Um, And now I feel like we need to do an episode on scoops. (laughs) I'm not against it. Uh, That's amazing. Uh, um, anything to say about? I really don't care about first base. Do you have anything to say about this? Not really. I feel like I feel like the first base winner is whoever just doesn't suck the most. <laughs> it's not. It's not an oppressive defensive position. No, I mean, granted, to all the first basemen who listen to this, there definitely is a huge difference between a quality defensive first baseman and a fucking shit one. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's just the difference between the two is not that great compared to other positions. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, American League second baseman. The winner was Yolmer Sanchez. He led all AL second baseman in ultimate zone rating and defensive runs above average. Um, he also made 116 out of zone plays. 37 more than any other AL second baseman. Uh, and runners up were Jose Altuve and J- DJ LeMayhew. Uh, I honestly don't watch a lot of White Sox games, but um, I know that they're a super fun team, and Yomar Sanchez has been a part of that for uh, a little while now. So it's, it's pretty cool to see him win it. Yeah. I can't say I know much about Yomar Sanchez. Um, but hey, good on him. Want to go glove? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the White Sox have now taken away from DJ LeMahieu a batting title and a gold glove. <laughs> White Sox is new 
mortal enemy. Uh, the National League winner for second baseman was Colton Wong of St. Louis. He was the, the best defensive second baseman in the National League by nearly every metric. His 14 DRS were six more than any other NL player at his position. At his position, while he also led in UZR defensive WAR and out of zone plays made. Again, a stat I did not realize was kept track of. Runners up were Ozzy Albies and Adam Frazier. Um, I think this was pretty much a given. Oh, yeah. This was far and away the biggest no contest between the rest of these. Uh, uh, well, St. Louis is roundly known for being... All right, all right I'm going to ask you about this. So so St. Louis is, is, is known historically for being a, roundly being a, a, a uh, defensively sound team. And that seems like a weird trait to have as a team, right? Um, I wouldn't say it's too outrageous i know you know a lot of teams go out of their way to bring up defensive focus prospects and just that's what they focus on in practice so i don't think it's crazy that you know there's just certain teams that just tend to always have really great defensive players um it's weird to some extent um just because there's a lot of teams that don't but it is what it is it is what it is. What is yeah, that? It's just uh, it, it's funny to um see how some teams can just maintain a certain status forever. You know, like uh, um, the Yankees are always known for being a uh, pitching is okay, def- uh, but home run hitting is really good kind of kind of team. You know, um, and I, I guess the and the Cardinals have always been known for being a defense really good team and they try their hardest and black magic carries them to the postseason a lot so yeah um ooh, al shortstop your boy frankie yeah he wanted runners up marcus simeon and dralton simmons kind of surprising uh, um and dralton didn't win it but whatever uh this is lindor's second gold glove um he uh, wow He's they have nothing to Dodger. say about him. They have nothing. To, do you think that's true? Uh, I think they're going to try. I don't know how. Like, they've already said they're not going to give up uh, their top two prospects, Gavin Lux, and uh, I forget who the other one was. So they're not going to get them. I just, I don't know. It's going to be one of those things where it's like, we're going to say no on principle because they're going to lowball the shit out of the Indians. But then at the same time, they're just going to wait till he's a free agent and sign him anyway. I think they're going to do the same thing that ended up like this is going to be Giancarlo Stanton 2.0, where it's like the Dodgers are trying. They're really trying. Look how hard we tried. Oh, he got shipped to a completely different team. And then the Ugh. Dodgers front office are going to be like, well, you see how hard we tried? <laughs> yeah, I mean. They want to have the appearance of a, trying, not actually trying. What I don't get about the Dodgers is like, do you want to win or don't you? Because maybe, maybe I'm a little bit too Steinbrenner-ish in some ways. But if you're on the cusp of greatness and you can't get mm-hmm. there, like you're keep because they keep falling just short, you know, right. and especially this past season was an embarrassment to them being bounced in the first round by the wild card team. Like you can't let that happen. Like why wouldn't you just be like, you know what? These prospects might help us five years from now, but we're primed to win the world series now. Let's fucking go and go get Francisco Lindor. Question, but instead they're beating around the bush on it. I don't get it. Bigger question for me is like I get Frankie is you know arguably the best shortstop in all of baseball, but at the same time they have Corey Seager and Gavin Lux coming up. So like they have a guy who's been atop that position in the past. Very recently, he's still a very good shortstop. And they have probably, you know, the best, second best shortstop prospect coming up this year. Why, why, one, why try and trade for shortstop in the first place? And why wouldn't you include a prospect at that position that maybe you don't want to sit around and wait for him to develop and win now? I just, I don't get the reasoning behind it. I don't get it either. It seemingly makes no sense for, I mean, all the points you just said. But yeah, I, 
I get Corey Seager was hurt last year and that led to them having to shift around their infield a lot, but if he's he's healthy now, like play him. He's really good when he's healthy. He was rookie of the year. He's a really good player. Like, yeah, it's not your biggest fucking problem. How about you fix your fucking outfield? Yeah, well, for real. Sign uh, Matt Kemp again. Oh, please do it. Oh, please do it. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> uh, the National League winner was Nick Ahmed. He led all National League shortstops with 18 defensive runs saved. He also made an NL leading 150 out of zone plays. Runners up were Paul DeYoung and Trevor Story. Uh, yeah, Nick Ahmed's really good. He won this last year. Yeah. Again, yeah. I can't say I've seen a lot of Nick Ahmed plate appearances or games because I'm not going out of my way to watch the Diamondbacks. But I have no issues with this. Nick never watched Diamondbacks games. Uh, third base, your boy, Matt Chapman, won his second consecutive gold glove. He led all AL third basemen in DRS. Uh, he had 18. No other AL third baseman had more than three. Uh, last year, Chapman became the second player to win a gold glove at third base, joining Eric Chavez, who won six. Anyway, runners up, uh, Alex Bregman and David Fletcher. Uh, this is another, uh, um, you know, gimme. Like, everyone, everyone called... Corwin, we talked about this at like the beginning of the season. Yeah. Like it's it's an assumption. I think it's one of those things where like you're not gonna write it in pen, but you'll write it heavy handed with a pencil and not bother buying an eraser. Like if it's if he has a terrible season, okay, you can go buy an eraser, write somebody else's name in. But you're not gonna overthink this because Matt Chapman is the best defensive guy, you know, in major league baseball. Yeah, uh, Bregman might have had a shot. Um, I don't really watch enough a um, Angels games to to know, so I'm not going to talk about him. Uh, the Na- National League winner is also a pretty fair assumption. It is Nolan Arenado of Colorado. Yeah, I didn't realize that that shit rhymed as well as it does. Uh, this is his seventh Gold Glove. He won one every single season. Um, it's not even worth talking about who, how great who are the it other is two. Because- who were the other two finalists for a uh, National League third base? Anthony Rendon. Doan and Josh Donaldson. Two I feel like uh, I feel like Rendon at least made this a contest, but at the same time, it's similar with the Bregman Chapman deal in the AL, where he's just clearly better, and it would just take a bad season from him and an outstanding season from Rendon for them to switch spots on this. Yeah, I also. So like the gold glove is kind of like the um the Oscars of MLB where it's like once you start winning them you kind of just start getting recognized every year for it like people love continuity which is how like Meryl Streep has 20 Oscar nominations and now don't get me wrong don't get me wrong big Meryl Streep fan you know she rules I love Meryl Streep but sh- if you look at some of the 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 movies she's been nominated for I mean there some weird fucking movies she got nominated for where it's just like oh yeah she got nominated because you know it's it's, it's Meryl Streep. Into the Woods is not is not great acting on Meryl Streep's part you know yeah. Into the Woods is just a movie Meryl Streep was in <laughs> and and yet it's she got nominated for it uh, and I, 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 I just say I feel like Gold Gloves is kind of like that like once you're assumed to be good at defense by um, Rawlings, they're just going to assume you're good at defense every single year. Yep. Luckily for them, so far all these guys have it's been the Pro there, Bowl, but basically, yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, the Pro Bowl is so much worse than this because it's only really based off of name value. Um, but it's it's the similar precedent. Um. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just read ahead. Um, let's move on to left field, where the American Lunar was American League winner was Alex Gordon. This is also his seventh Gold Glove award, second most in Royals history behind Frank White, who won eight. So next year, he's got a shot of tying it. Uh, runners up were Robbie Grossman of Oakland and Andrew Benintendi of Boston, which I cannot believe Andrew Benintendi was even nominated for this award. That's <laughs> such bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Any opinions on that? 
Uh, I mean, I think it's funny. I agree that it's funny that he was nominated, but I don't think anyone really considered him an actual favorite or, you know, actual finalist in this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird because left field at, um, Fenway is considered the easiest left field to play in all of baseball because if the ball goes over your head, it is a hit. And if mm-hmm. so, all you have to worry about is what's in front of you. And that's not hard to do. Um, because left field at Fenway is also really fucking small because left field is um, quote unquote, 310 feet away. It's and by all accounts, not that far. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand his nomination. Good for Alex Gordon. That's all I got to say. Yeah, great for Alex Gordon. An underappreciated superstar. Yeah, he's he's really given um, Kansas City a lot to root for. He's been rather consistent, and when he hasn't been, uh, like he improved this year. He 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 wanted to change some things to up his game on a team he knew was going to be was uh, was bad, and he knew he was going to get starting playing time and he still wanted to improve because that's you know i mean granted he's an athlete of course he wants to be good but his heart's still there kansas city has been really good to him it's a great place to play he's been he's i I really like alex gordon move on to the nl yes now it is david peralta um with runners up juan soto and hunter renfro I, I I feel so bad. I don't watch the Diamondbacks at all. Um, they have nothing to really say about him on the website. He led all NL left fielders with 10 DRS. Um, so that's something. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's all I got. Can we just talk about how much Juan Soto improved defensively from his rookie year to the season? Because he was, I I don't have it memorized, but like he was a bottom five defender in left field, uh, his rookie year, and came back and seriously became a you know a finalist for the Gold Glove. I just think that's huge. I love him. I mean, yeah, it's awesome seeing seeing younger players improve like this. So his his bat has been there, and good on him for bringing the defense up a tick along with it. Like he didn't need to be a strong defensive player for him to always have a spot in that lineup, and he knows that. But he's a guy that I really think is just going to push himself every year, a la Mike Trout, and just fix something, be better every single season. That's not me comparing him to Mike Trout. He's obviously better than that. Is what it is. Yeah, but I understand what you mean by like the Mike Trout model of just yeah. constant improvement, which really is like the thing that makes Mike Trout great is that he keeps getting better. Um, because if everyone's just stayed at their level, like you know, you if Mike Trout stayed at the level he was at his rookie season, he'd be a really, really good player. But the fact that he keeps improving is what makes him the best player in baseball. He never stops Trout- getting better. Didn't Mike Trout have like over ten WAR his rookie season? Did he? I thought he had uh, less than that. Let's see. Where can I find this? Um, I'm just gonna look up Mike Trout and uh, wow, not Mike True. Although honestly, that uh, also works. Um, no. Oh, do I have to go to advanced? What what page are you even on? I'm on the Mike Trout page. WAR is just not one of the. Uh, on the, the 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 good old Mike Trout page, yeah. Baseball oh, no, rookie season, he had ten point five WAR. There we go. Look at you. Yeah. You're so much better at finding information than I. Yeah, How did no. we not find this? I don't know. A 2013, um, he had nine WAR, and then 2014 he had seven point six WAR. I don't know. I said it had actually gone down for a spell there, and then 2015 he had been back up to nine point four. 2016 ten point five. 2017 where he was hurt six point six. 2018, 10.2, and 2019, where he was hurt, 8.3. It's just so much. So much. He's pretty good. He uh, he's he's trying to be. I'll tell you that. Oh, he's Boy, I'll tell you that. Um, American League center fielder award went to Kevin Kiermeyer. Again, no surprise. 
Uh, he won in 2015, 2016, 2018, and now 2019. Uh, oh, sorry, no, he did not win in 2018. My bad. This is so. This is his third award. Uh, he had 17 outs above average, which was second most in amongst major league outfielders, only behind Juan Soto. Yeah. Um, Kevin Kiermaier led all players in outfield jump. Which I, again, I did not realize was a stat. Um, at a plus 3.8 feet. I'm gonna have to look up what that is later because that's interesting. I did not realize that was a stat. Um, runner-ups were Mike. Trout and Jackie Bradley, uh, if you think of defensive center fielders, these are three of the best. Yeah, no kidding. Do you think Kevin Kiermeyer got the nod over uh, Trout and Bradley because he's prettier? That's a bold claim, but dude's fucking, he's, he's gorgeous. <laughs> so I have family that lives in Tampa that are like diehard Tampa Bay uh, Ray fans, and they are obsessed with Kevin Kiermeyer man i'll tell you that yeah. yeah uh the national league winner was lorenzo kane who's just a great 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 defensive center fielder and believe it or not corbin this is his first year winning the award is it really this is his first 10 years into being in the mlb and being well renowned as a great center fielder this is his mm -hmm. first year winning a gold glove Good on him. Uh, he finished third. Well, it's, it's, among like the, it's the same thing as uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. last year. Like He was always the guy for consistency in center field for the Red Sox. And just it just so happened he never had these individual best year any given season. And he just won his first last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gold, gold Gloves really, really traveling around making sure it hits all the, uh, all the un- tapped gems yeah um, that little slut gold glove award <laughs> oh rawlings you dirty bitch uh lorenzo kane finished with 14 uh, outs above dirty. average which was third amongst all outfielders uh, um that's all it really has to say uh victor robles and harrison bader were the runner ups runners up runners up uh right field the al winner was mookie Betts. not a surprise the runners up were Cole Calhoun and Josh Reddick. Uh, this is Betts' fourth straight Gold Glove Award. Uh, he's really good. Uh, he's he's so good. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, the National League winner was Cody Bellinger, which I think is an interesting comp to how we just talked about Juan Soto. Um, he was it was phenomenal, phenomenal this year uh, at the plate, which is what's probably going to be more heavily discussed on his defense. But he had 19 DRS, which was tied with Aaron Judge for the most amongst right fielders across the majors. The reason Judge was not nominated for this award was a lack of plate appearances. He uh, was hurt, just in case anyone was wondering. Uh, runners up were Bryce Harper and Jason Hayward. But Cody Ballinger had a very good year at the plate this year and a very good year in the field. Yeah, it's almost as if he was one of the best players in baseball and then running for the MVP. Who would have thought? See how that works. Yeah, crazy stuff. Catcher, we have another Cleveland Indian, Roberto Perez. This is his first career Gold Glove Award. Um, and just the fourth career, uh, fourth award by a catcher in Indians history. Joining Sandy Aldemar and Ray Fossey, who won twice. Uh, the runners-up were Danny Jansen and Christian Vasquez. Perez did not allow a passed ball in all of 2019. Yeah, he's really good. And I talked a lot of shit about him just going back to when uh, the Indians, I think they traded Jan Gomes to the Nationals. They didn't let him walk. Um, I wasn't happy with that move because I really hated Roberto Perez offensively. And I never really cared to give any notice to his defensive prowess. And I was like, ah, we're fucked. Turns out we are very much not fucked because he was better than Jan Gomes this year in just about every metric. So I'm here to eat my hat. You go, Roberto. Way to go, Senor Perez. <laughs> uh, the National League winner was JT Real Muto, which is not a surprise. No. Oh, actually, this is his first gold glove award. 
That's actually surprising. Yeah. He's like a really good defensive shortstop. I'm mean, um, catcher. <laughs> I was gonna say, did he change positions? Because right. that'd be I, pretty funny. Whenever I hear defensive, my mind always jumps to shortstop. Oh yeah, no. Whenever I, I hear the word defensive, my mind goes shortstop. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually rather surprised this is his first. He's really, really good behind the dish. I don't know. He has a like the fastest pop time in the majors. Which he, it says here, and he's he's but he's had that forever. His arm strength mm-hmm. is also phenomenal. He's always been good at throwing runners out. He's oh, that's well, good for him. He like I said, he's been known to be very good. So good for him. Uh, the runners up were Austin Hedges and Yadi Molina. I'm glad they didn't give it to Molina. You got to give it to someone else. You don't like Molina? get out of here, Yadi Molina. Uh, pitcher, the winner was Mike Leak, who split his time this year between Seattle in the American League and Arizona in the National League, but he wins the American League award anyway. Uh, be, he, uh, I don't really see what the hell. He was tied for the lead amongst AL pitchers in Sabre defensive index rig- rankings. That's all they have. Uh, I don't think they should have gotten to Mike Leak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jose this was Barrios. the big surprise for me. Yeah, Jose Barrios and Lucas Giolito were the runners-up. I still think we should have been Masahiro Tanaka. I think it's a crime he hasn't won a, uh, a gold glove yet. He's so good defensively. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, this I is can't weird. say that I've seen enough of any of these guys to give, you know, to talk about their defensive prowess because that's usually not something you watch when you're watching, you know, pitchers, but... I don't know. It's it's weird that Mike Leak of all people was the guy that they were like, this is the dude for this season. Weird choice, especially a guy who only spent half the year in the American League to give him the mm-hmm. an American League based award is uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the At winner least, in the uh, Nash- this next guy was you know spent a vast majority of the season in the uh, National League but was also far and away the best pitcher at this position while yeah, he was uh, doing that. Zach Greinke won the National League end of this award, which is also no surprise. He's really good at defense. If anyone did not see his uh, Game 7 start in the World Series where he put on a show defensively, uh, Zach Greinke is a very good defensive pitcher. He This is his sixth consecutive Gold Glove Award. He's so good. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, he became the third NL pitcher to win at least six consecutive gold glove awards, joining Bob Gibson and Greg Maddox. That's a nice uh, nice group to be a part of. Fuck yeah, it is. The runners-up for this award were Jack Flaherty and Aaron Nola. Got a soft spot for Flaherty, but it's Grinky's award to give up. Yeah, this and Silver Slugger every year. Mm-hmm. He's just so good. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the Gold Glove Award winners. Um, any any big takeaways? Anyone you wanted to see who wasn't there? Uh, not other than Juan Soto. Um, Matt Chapman would really be the only guy that I would die on a hill for uh, defensively. So they hit my spots. I, I would have liked to see a few Yankees in a few spots. I mean, nothing outrageous. I thought... Um, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but I, I thought Giovanni Urshela had a really good season. I thought Glaber Torres had a really good season, and I think he would have been worth putting in the shortstop position, but I get why they didn't. Um, and obviously, I would have liked to see Aaron Judge there, but he didn't meet their innings qualification. I also would have liked to have seen Brett Gardner there in center field, but center field defensively in the American League is so stacked. I completely get why he wasn't given the three dudes who were there. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think there's anyone that you you typically think of as being a defensive wizard, as they say, that wasn't represented at least in the nominations. So, uh, as much as people like to deride the Gold Gloves for being uh, an award MLB pays attention to, but actually doesn't get to choose since the company Rawlings picks who wins the award, uh, which is insane to me. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, it 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 is. They do still do like a decent enough job at it. Yeah. Outside like, of, I don't have complaints about Rollins choosing. It's just the fact that the MLB would let Rollins do this consistently. 
it's the fact that like Rawlings, it's a raw, it's a, a company award basically, yeah. but it means something in the grant. Like a player is going to bring this up like at arbitration or like in mm-hmm. their next contract negotiation, or if they're talking about getting into the hall of fame. And it's just, a, it's just a weird cross section between it's like it's like imagine it's like if, bragging if, about JD Power and Association. I was about to awards. say, imagine if JD Power Association awards meant anything. They yeah. don't. No one cares. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Oh God, man, MLB does so many things right and just so many things just not necessarily wrong. Just weird. Question, it's just weird. Question the thought process. Yeah, it's not wrong. It's just fucking weird. Ah. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't have anything else to say. Do you? Do you have anything else to say? Hey. No, no, I don't. All right, you want to well, wrap it up here? Uh, I guess we'll say that we are going to do the final predictions once the rest of the awards are all finished up. We'll do a. Yes, we'll do that I believe then. I saw that the at least MVP award will be announced on the fourteenth of November. Um, they usually do Cy Young plus or minus a day from that. Um, so I would expect that come end of next week, we should have all of the awards in. So our episode about that will probably be released around then. Perfect. Uh, which would be which I haven't nice. checked have in my up. predictions at all since the last episode we did on them. I will be surprised if I get any of them. I think I did. No, well, yeah, neither of us got the World Series prediction right because i think i picked the astros and you picked the yankees i did yeah um yeah it'll be interesting about <sighs> so, aaron boone as i picked him for manager of the year which i still think he'll win i forget so, a lot of my rest of my predictions i i know i picked the the phillies to miss the playoffs but i think i said an over 90 games which they didn't do and i also picked the padres to miss the playoffs i think i forget yeah, it doesn't matter we'll go into it but yeah. I do want to end this on a story. Um, so my dad has been in this baseball pool for the past like 35 years. Uh, basically, you just pick, you know, who makes it have all the decisions, pick the basically picking the playoff bracket for baseball. And it's like a, a $50 buy in for everyone. And whoever wins it throws a party for everybody else, gets their name on a big cup that, you know, we drink champagne out of and whatever. This is the second year I did it. My dad called me up last week right after the World Series, before the World Series was even over. And he goes, hey, I just wanted to call and let you know that you didn't win the baseball pool this year. I was like, cool. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for letting me know. He's like, yeah, you actually got second. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I did good. And that's because I got first. So, yeah. You coming to the party? I was like, <laughs> God damn it, Dad. You suck. We oh, both picked the Yankees to win, but he's, his wild card picks were better. So he just itched me out. Nobody picked the Astros to win, and nobody picked the Nationals to win. No one picked the Astros to win? I was going to pick the Astros, and I was like, three people picked it last year. I'm just going to go Yankees because, you know, whatever. I actually do think they're going to win. And nobody ended up picking the Astros, which is insane to me. Yeah, that's nuts. I, I get not picking the Astros here and there, but as a group, as a collective, no of, one like, there's the like Astros? 30 people that do it what it's ins- maybe not 30 there's like 20 people that do it it's incredible okay <laughs> it's not like it's just like a stupid pool either like you're putting real money into this whatever uh, yeah, yeah man i have no explanation for it for that at all <laughs> yeah join next year and win it your first try <laughs> uh, i won't <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right close this out. Oh, jinx. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via Gmail, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find the show notes, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers.Wixsite.com slash website and JuicingTheNumbers.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye.